Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner. Excited to bring some really good content to you guys today. Jake Thompson, former guest, returns. Uh, awesome conversation as usual. Jake is the CEO and he calls the chief encouragement officer. I love that of compete every day. His book is the same name compete every day. If you haven't read it yet, it will challenge you. It will grow. You It will get you better. His, uh, business is, is multifaceted. He has an apparel line and that's how it started, right? Kind of grinding out of the the back of a trunk selling shirts and it is morphed into a consulting speaking book content you know kind of situation that you can subscribe to you can get his uh kind of his email his newsletter um you're probably going to get some some encouragement to to buy some shirts but it's also just really quality stuff and i would encourage you guys all to go and go and check it out. He just has a sense of how to get at getting better. And that is the tagline for the podcast, right? Getting better period. And people like Jake coaches understand what that takes. And it takes, as you're going to find out in the conversation, right? Consistency, not necessarily complexity, right? Simple, consistent behaviors done over time. And then how do you engage with coaches? How do you engage with your process of getting better? And so, um, you know, I just a really, really great opportunity to connect with a former guest who's now kind of back in the swing of, of life, just like all of us are. And so it's cool to hear him talk about how his, his business is busy and he's out. And there's a, there are times in here where it feels like kind of too performance coaches talking about the ins and outs of a business. And I don't, I don't mean that really, right? It's not really that, but I kind of felt that way because there were takeaways for me in it. And I know that there are going to be takeaways for you. If you apply it to your situation, everything we talk about all the time. And, and John, and I've talked about this from the very beginning, right? Performance is performance is performance. It doesn't matter what you do. It applies in your career. It applies as a son or a daughter. It applies as a, a father or a, a mother or a husband or a wife. It applies in sports. It applies across the board. It applies to public speakers and coaches. And there is there's stuff to take away in here. So grateful for Jake for joining us. You're going to get better today. Here we go. Jake Thompson, return guest, awesome guest. After we had you on the first time, I got a lot of feedback. That was like, I'm I'm reading the book, love the book, uh, love the love the idea of competing as often and as consistently as I can. It just rings true for us as athletes to be like, let's bring that into our life. We heard a lot of, of awesome feedback from our guests, and and when we had the opportunity to do this again. I was like, absolutely. Let's go. So Jake, welcome to the podcast. What are you up to right now? We were kind of mid COVID and speaking engagements were stopped. Yeah. And, and so like, where are you at? What's, what's good in, in your world right now? 
Yeah, the uh, I would say everything's kind of at a hundred miles an hour right now from speaking because yeah, it was it was a couple of years ago. Right now we're recording this early to mid August, uh, twenty two. Uh, I'm traveling every week. Um, I'm doing a lot of keynotes right now for clients. I have three different consulting clients where no different than we just talked about with John doing some work with with the team. My roles with them have expanded, and so I'm a uh, chief performance officer for one of my clients. Um, and so I'm doing some fractional exec work with their sales team and executives to coach the coaches and then coach the process. And then additionally, a lot of it's on the the performance of how do we build our better habits and how do we be more competitive with ourselves? So uh, it's been a whirlwind of a year. I can't believe it's almost you know, halfway through Q3. Uh, but yeah, just, just cranking away and getting to do all the things that a couple of years ago I was having to do on zoom all the time. So speak to us about that. I'm, I'm mid in the, in the process of developing kind of a leadership curriculum as I, yeah. I work with some leadership teams and, and it's really on my heart as to what leadership looks like. And I, I was just, you know, kind of in prep and I went back and read one of your blogs where you're like, it's not about getting followers, right? Our society is all about how many, what's the number of followers I can have? It's really about building yourself. And you talked about that, creating those habits, competing with yourself. How do, what does that look like in a business setting to create leaders like you're talking about? Yeah. So it's really interesting. And, and in full transparency, I created most of the curriculum after somebody asked for it. They're like, yeah. Hey, we like this from your keynote or your book. Do you do this? And I'm like, well, tell me what you need and yeah. we'll build something around it. So from a high level framework, it's defining leadership. What do we need to do to get on the same page about what the goal is, why it matters, what the responsibilities are. It's not managing people, it's leading and coaching, which is a different animal because you do manage, but you do a lot more development. Um, so we look at that, then we go into what you just talked about, developing ourselves. What does it mean to build yourself up? Because unless you're putting in the work to get better, you can't bring better to those you're trying to lead and serve. Then how do we lead others? You know, what does it look like to coach up other people? How should we be giving feedback? What causes, you know, people to lose motivation in a work setting, work role? How do we help keep people motivated um, how do we consistently uphold them to standards? Um, and then, so we do those in kind of the first three sessions. And then the fourth session uh, is kind of an ongoing. It's a mix of what have we not talked about that you're facing at work? Uh, what are you doing in terms of building your habit system now to continue growing and developing now that kind of our program's done uh, and going forward? And so each of mine have kind of been built a little different based on the client goals, but that's kind of the overarching. We got to make sure we know what we're talking about. And we're on the same page with it, just like with anything else. We got to make sure that we're taking care of us first and how we do that. And most importantly, why that's not selfish, but selfless. Um, and then how do we help build and coach up others? Because we know most people in America get promoted because they're really good at the job they were just in. Yeah. Problem is when you get promoted, you're not necessarily skilled or equipped to excel in that new role, especially when you're having to manage and lead people. And so we have a full society in corporate America of managers and leaders that don't know how to manage and lead because they were really good at sales or really good at this activity or that activity, and they haven't been developed or even understand it. And so there's a huge opportunity for folks like yourself and myself to really help organizations develop their people. So that we become obsolete, which sounds kind of funny, but we want 
cultures where the leaders continue to develop other leaders and you don't need someone like us to, to do that. We really just come in and provide additional perspective and support. And so it's kind of funny to talk about doing work to make yourself obsolete, but that's really kind of the goal. Absolutely. I say that all the time to coaches. I'm a, hopefully in three to four to five years of, of, a, of a committed sort of relationship together, uh, you don't need any of this support anymore, right? You've developed and built the skills that you can go and execute this on your own. And if you need some support, I'm a resource kind of offhandedly rather than in front of a group you know, communicating the skills and, and walking you through those processes. I'm curious, how, how do you do follow up with those groups? Because I think you talked about developing your people, developing the people underneath you that, yeah. you know, like you might be really good at sales. You might be really good at creative. You might be really good at marketing. And now you're in a position of leadership where actually your job isn't to sell, create, or market any longer. Your job is to vet, to develop those skills and other people what, what do you do? What are you actually doing on the ground to build some of that? Yeah. So there, there's a few different things. So one of my groups, it's more quarterly. Um, it's more challenging because your touch For points sure. are few and far between. And so what we've done is create a Slack channel with just their leaders where we seed them a piece of homework every month. And so it can be something as simple as, Hey, listen to this podcast and give me one takeaway. You got, uh, read this book, watch this video, because we want them to build the habit of continual engagement. But within that Slack channel, we can kind of hold each other accountable. Who's posted, who hasn't, we learned, where the conversation is sparking. Um, but I found that quarterly spacing is a tougher type deal yeah. um, because of the, the less touch points. The One of my groups, I do things about every six months for. So a keynote last December, a virtual program here in about two weeks, and then another keynote in December. The goal with them is, okay, here's what we did. Here's the takeaways. Here's how you need to keep it accountable and moving forward internally. And so empowering their leaders um, or at the top of the organization to say, here's the questions you should ask and how to stay on this. Um, and then it's on them, which it always has to be. I mean, that's yeah. the, the weird part about being a keynote speaker is a lot of times you're brought in, you fire everybody up, you help set a direction or a tone, and then you kind of leave. You're, you're kind of a mercenary. You come in for the one thing and leave. The problem with that is, there's very few organizations that will start implementing immediately what you've talked about. And I've been incredibly fortunate that the groups I've worked with want to know that, that question. As soon as you finish, how do we keep doing this? How do we either get your help or do it internally? And so creating accountability with the leaders and just giving them simple steps. Don't overwhelm them. Hey, coming out of the gate, start with this. Um, my client here in Florida that I'm doing kind of the fractional exec work, we just started out of like, hey, come in once a month and spend two days coaching our guys. And that was it. And so the first two trips were one-on-ones. And so I was immediately follow up what's going on. What are you doing? But then I could tell their manager, hey, this is some of the things we talked about. Here's where you need to watch him or her. Uh, hold them accountable to doing this. And then I can follow up the next month with what's going on. What's the latest catch me up from the, the manager where the struggle still is, as well as the individual. And so we have to empower the leaders within the organization as they're developing people to have some of those benchmarks. Um, and then on our end, it's, it's organization as much as anything else of immediately setting reminders and calendar. Hey, I need to check in with this group over here, Florida. I need to check in with this construction client over here and touching base with notes on our end, because I think that becomes the biggest challenge is when you are working with different groups and different organizations, it's helping hold them accountable. 
which sometimes is part of the role, but in a lot of times as a consultant and things, you're, you're in, you're implementing and you're gone. And so when you can follow up after that expires, say uh, per se, then you continue to create accountability and relationship with that and continue to add value to them, even though you're still not under contract, because you say, hey, listen, you invested this. Let's make sure it's not a one hour or a two day deal. It's a two, three, four, five, six month engagement from how your team actually implements it. And I, I think about this, you know, like just in comparison to what you do compared to what I do, you know, I'm like working with kids is a little bit different because when, when I'm engaging with a coach and it's, it's not different, I should, I shouldn't say that it's, it's different, but when I engage with a coach, they have everyday interactions, right? They have every yep. single day contacts with almost every athlete that they're engaged with. And, you know, if they're not that they're probably letting the ball drop a little bit, you know, like, I, you know, at been a coach, yep. you get real focused on a, a group that's high performing or low performing or whatever. And so you maybe lose contact, but for the most part, it's just every day sort of interactions. And to me, and I, this is a question for you personally, it's, it's outside yeah. the realm of the business. But like I get disheartened, uh, discouraged sometimes when I walk out the door and the lack of engagement is the, is the response. You know, like, it's like, okay, I feel like we got it fired up. I feel like we're in a good place. Coach is all in. And then three days later, it falls to the yep. wayside. Yep. Like, how do you personally deal with that mercenary type feeling? You know, like, yeah, I, yeah. I say it all the time. Like, I feel like I parachute in and then I'm gone and I have no idea, you know, because as a coach, like I had that every day, single opportunity to interact, engage, build relationships. Now I'm not in that specific role. What is that? How do you deal with kind of the mental stress of that? And, and is there any yeah. mental stress for you personally in that? No, there, there definitely is. Um, and it goes back to just asking myself the question of, did I do the absolute best I can given the time constraints, the opportunity, things like that? What else could I do to better equip them going forward? And so in the past, I'd be like, oh, that was great. They didn't really do anything with it. Does that mean I'm not that good at this? What, what's going on? You know, how do I make it more useful? But then I started to realize, like, you really can't motivate anybody. Human nature is we're easily distracted, especially in today's age. And unless we have a simple framework, simple step-by-step process, but then the accountability piece on the back end to keep working it when we get distracted, when we get busy, when we start to slip back into the old routine, it's really hard for those things to stick. And that's why kind of the longer engagements create more opportunity. So for me internally, it's always, I can't control what I can't control. I can't control yeah. other people. I can't control how I deliver the information, what I can do to go above and beyond sometimes what the agreement is to make sure they're implementing. And then to ask for feedback of, hey, so you guys got off track. Talk to me where you think this happened. What are some things we can do differently? Those type touch points work really, really well. Um, for a great example is the, the leaders, one of my leadership clients in construction, we did the quarterly trainings. Well, about halfway through, I'm like, I don't know if this is getting implemented as much between sessions because we're two to three months apart. And so I, I started talking to my client, uh, my face, uh, the client that uh, I work with directly, my contact. And I, I'm, I'm like, okay, let's create some additional touch, but let's do a Zoom call in the off month just to get everybody to touch base. Let's try some different things. And obviously everybody's busy, everybody has schedules. So when we finish the end of the year, 
Like, okay, how do we want to do this next year? Okay, we want to actually change this whole framework and we want four subsequent months. We want to speed up the process on the front end. Then we want to see what we can create on the back end. And that's where, honestly, I think the old school motivational speaker DVD company licensing system, that's where that works of how can I give you videos and content? Or in this case, how can I make sure your team is listening to the podcast every week as a simple, uh, here, here's a way one that we're reminded back of the work you did with us. So it's a constant reminder in that sense of, I need, I should be working on this. Here's a great chance to do it. But additionally, how do we stay connected and continuing to get in their ear? And so those videos, those things like that are a great resource. So I'm in the process of trying to figure out how we build a full video library, for lack of a better phrase, of content that kind of stacks over, say, a 26 to 52 week period that I can then offer to a client on the back end to say, hey, listen, your budget doesn't allow us to do an ongoing as well as maybe schedule, but here's an additional resource to keep pouring into your team as well as here's one to two questions for conversations afterwards. And that goes back to just original training curriculum that allows us to help with that accountability piece to give them more than just the hour, the two days or the one week we're with them. I love this. You talk about right this con- consistency of engagement, this, this specificity of I'm going to keep coming back, right? I'm going to, the feedback isn't adding complexity. It's simplifying in reality. You know what I mean? Like we have this bias towards, I want the most complex information because otherwise it's not good. Right. And I just, I, the more I do this, the more experience I have in this, the more I have to tell coaches, like go back to the beginning, right? Start over, get to the basics of this process. And you're going to see growth happen more consistently. That that isn't our natural bent because it's not new. It's not novel. It's not interesting any longer, but that doesn't mean that it's ineffective. How do you fight that battle when a leader's like, yeah, but we did that already. Yeah. We, you know, it's like, uh, cool. Did you shower last week? <laughs> and did you shower again today? It, you know, the, the complexity piece comes in, I think the most when we have a very limited time frame and we're trying to pack, everything we can into it because the team needs it. The company needs it. The exec needs it. The person we're coaching, there's all of these things. And so we're like, Oh, I only have one hour, one session with them. We try to pack everything into it and they leave with nothing because we've given them too much versus, Hey, let's look at how we simplify the process. And then we make it more consistent over a longer period because I can give you one thing this week and let's build on it and talk about one other little thing next week. Because just like any other habit, the simple, the more simple we can make it, the more likely it's going to stick. It's the idea of, you know, in January, everybody comes out of the gate with their resolutions. And it's like, I haven't worked out in five years, but I'm going to do two a days, five days a week. You don't make it two weeks. You're done. You're like, I'm, I'm sore. I'm tired. I can't do it. But it's like, okay, you haven't, you haven't ever worked out this week. We're just going to do a 20 minute walk around the neighborhood. Maybe in two weeks, we'll add some weights in. But all I want you to worry about is walk your neighborhood for 20 minutes, drink a gallon of water today, two things, boom, let's go. And then you start to stack it within a year. It's like, okay, you're doing weight training Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're going on a run Tuesday, Thursday. Here's what I eat. But you don't start with that because they get overwhelmed. And so the little things for us is how do we create either offerings or opportunities for continued conversations? And that gets really hard at scale because 
time and experience. I mean, there's an investment from the groups we work with, as there should be because of the knowledge, the time, the investment we've put in learning it and learning how to teach it. So then it goes back to us of how do we scale? And the only way you scale is by doing things just like this, going on a podcast, writing a book, writing a blog post, posting content on social media. That is small, little bitty bites every day that people can continue to consume. And then when they have the budget and they're available, they can deep dive. Let's, okay, let's dive further into this opportunity. And so that's really kind of how you touch those two, because on the one hand in the performance space, you can burn yourself out by not honestly charging enough because you're trying to help everybody as much as possible. And if you burn yourself out and you can't pay your bills because it's too low, there's nothing you can do. Um, and, and you can't help anybody at that rate. And, and actually, there's a, a middle performance coach in Dallas. We whiteboarded her program and we went through everything that she does. And I was like, you're like, you don't charge enough for what you do. One, two, you're taking on clients that's in an age range that you don't like working with. They're too young for you. Like this is your sweet spot. So for this age range, honestly, I would triple your fee. And that sounds crazy, but the idea is, you don't want to work with them. So make the fee so high that if somebody's going to pay that for your hourly session package, you're going to be in, invested in it. And I said, don't sell it as a single, sell it as a six pack because you need more than one touch point. And so that's on the one end of it, of increasing the pricing. So you're not overwhelmed. The other is how do you get on and create podcasts and all this other free content that can continue to teach and scale without you? I, like that's such an interesting concept that you're talking about. I got to create free content, right? So that that helps me scale so that we can dig deeper. And to me, the digging deeper is like, actually, how do we simple? Okay. So I gave you a bunch of really yeah. simple stuff. And I, when we dig deeper, I'm actually going to try and help you get even simpler still. But, right. I, and it's such yeah. a, it's such a unique I mean, the, concept. The, the free stuff is all about what is the problem and what's a high level solution of it. Yeah. We rarely ever deep dive and say, this is exactly how you're going to do it on a daily basis. That's where the coaching comes in. That's where the value comes in. Uh, we identify the problem. We know you're struggling because you're in your own head and you get in negative inner loops. Here's one thing to focus on the next time you go up to the plate to, to bat. One high level thing, but we're not going to deep dive and say, okay, here's how you're going to prep going up to the plate. Here's what we're going to set up when you need to reset after a bad swing that's all in that coaching process, but we demonstrate the high level enough to know that one, I know what your problem is. Two, I can relate to and speak to that problem. And three, I, I'm going to help you just a little bit. And you, by just natural human nature, if I teach you a little bit of something, you automatically know this person knows a ton more about that, whether they do or they don't, it's like, they know more than me about that. So there's got to be more than this one little piece. How do I dig further? That's where our opportunities to engage come in. And then it's the Hey, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching or, Hey, I do group coaching or, Hey, let's come work with your, your organization. Yeah. And I just, I'm so struck by, by the idea that you're setting out here. Like you don't have to be way down the road from someone, no. right? Just a little bit beyond them. And that's a really compelling relationship to try and cultivate for them. You know, how do you, how do you continue to dig into those relationships when it feels like maybe we're peer to peer, we are not like I'm in a leadership position and yet yeah. I feel like maybe, you know, more than me, or you have a skill set that I don't have. How are you giving support to those people that are like, I'm not sure I fit here. Yeah. Like, 
uh, keep asking questions. I mean, isn't that's really the, I mean, at the end of the day, coaching, it's active listening, it's asking great questions. And then occasionally it's offering some suggestions or techniques of things we want to go try. And so in that peer to peer role, it's really kind of digging in and asking questions and then understanding what do you, what's the real issue here? Why are you feeling like maybe we don't match up? Where do you feel the conflict or friction? Here's some resources and opportunities for you in that regard. Um, And here's how you can better develop it. On my end, you know, the struggle is one of my clients, highly successful business individual uh, has done an incredible amount of things, wanted me to coach him one-on-one. I was like, I don't know what you want me to, like, I'm not at your level from a career standpoint. You've got me beat by 15 years. You've done a lot of really big things. What do you specifically want? And they were like, well, I just, I need help being held accountable. And in my inner game, my inner talk sucks. Like, I just, I need that. And I need somebody that I can bounce ideas off of that's going to challenge me. Okay, cool. I have a clear objective with you. Even though I feel like you're in a different realm career-wise, experience-wise, I know I can help you with those three specific things. And so that's how I address it is having a clear target. And if I know immediately through those conversations, I'm not the one to to help you with this, I'm going to find somebody who is and be able to refer you because then I can help you and help somebody in my network. Within a, a team setting, the best companies and individuals and teams have conflict but they know how to work through conflict in a very healthy manner. And so the idea is how are we going to make sure that we're on the same page where I'm okay to challenge you as a peer, but you understand I'm not challenging you as an individual. I'm challenging either how we're doing this or what this idea is and let's work through it together and help educate me on that. So you, you say questions, right? And I, I, yeah, obviously the podcast, I am full transparency I talk more than I ask, uh, than I listen, right? That's just me. That's, and it's part of what draws me to be in or allows me to be on stage in front of a group, right? Is I have yeah. confidence in the way that I communicate and the way that I speak. And yet you say coaching is asking great questions and being an active listener. I don't think that we are drawn to coaching, you know, and leading because we think, oh, you know what? I'm really good at, I'm really good at active listening and I'm really good at asking yeah. good questions. We get put in these leadership roles, as you said earlier, because we're really good at a specific thing, not because we're good listeners or we're good at questions. What are some of the questions that you use to help direct some of that? You know, like, how am I going to help you? I mean, that's one question that you just, what's yeah. the clear objective? You know, like, can you dig a little bit and yeah. give some of these coaches out there that maybe are, really good at scheme, really good at technique, really good at tactics, whatever it might be. And they might not be great at the relationship piece that is crucial yeah. to developing so other, other people. I'll hundred percent agree with you that the, the going in is, is not it at all. I mean, being a speaker, like I love speaking. I don't love asking the questions. What I've learned though, is coaches are teachers at the end of the day, we're teaching. And what's the teaching process. I'm going to tell you how to do it. We're going to walk through how you do it. You're going to do it. And then I'm going to ask you questions when I see you get off base or I want you to reinforce it because what's the best way to learn being forced to teach it. So when we're teaching a player, okay, here's how we're going to run this play. Let's go do drills to run the play. You're going to run it. You're going to run it. Okay. I see something that's off. So Jamie, tell me what you see right here. Tell me what you saw or why you did this. Okay, cool. Have you thought about, this or here's why I want us to do it this way. And then the next time, Hey, 
talk to me what you were thinking when you went this way on that pattern. That forces, when we force the individual to think and answer, we're forcing them to grow. And so in our head, the, the most dangerous thing is always, always, always telling people what to do instead of teaching them what to do, creating opportunities for them to get reps and then asking them questions that force them to learn it. Because if we just go back to school, when a teacher called on you, you suddenly started learning more of that information when you knew you were at risk of being called on or you had a test, you had to study it. But then if you had a classmate that missed class and your teacher was like, hey, Jake, I need you to sit down with Matt and go through this chapter and you had to teach it to them, well, then you're going to learn it at a whole other level. Um, and so that's why that piece is so incredibly important about asking questions. It's not always, but most of us are not asking enough questions to get the players to grow. If we're watching film, if we're asking why you're doing certain things or, you know, where are you struggling? That's where that piece and that growth opportunity is. The, the two best books I've read on it, uh, both by a guy named Michael Bungay Steiner called The Coaching Habit and then The Advice Trap. And they're really set up more in kind of the corporate space. How do you as managers shift into being a better coach by asking the right questions? But it's a great seven step framework to just put you in the mindset of, okay, how can I teach you something? And then how can I coach you on it? And that's the difference. If coaching you is requiring you to bring something to the equation versus me just telling you, this is how we're going to do it. I'm drawing it on the whiteboard. So that process has to be really integral. If we want our guys and girls and teams to really start to embrace what we're trying to teach them is not just telling them, but starting to ask them of where they see it and how this ties in. And let me, hey, you teach it to so-and-so and let's talk about that process. So I actually had a conversation earlier this week with uh, another guest who's going to be on after you, actually, it's going to be released after your episode. And one of the, he was a, he's a college professor. And one of the things he talks about is right. You're just a part of the conversation, right? In academia specifically, he's like, your job is to understand that there's been a conversation going on for a long time without you. And there will be a conversation that continues on for a long time without you. Your job right now is to contribute meaningfully to move the conversation forward. And like, yeah, that's great. If you're doing research and writing and like, you're in this academic space, but I, I just take that out more broadly to what you're speaking to right now is like, okay, there are a million things that have been established as the right way before I ever engaged with you or before you ever took a step on this field or in this job, right? There's a, there's a way, right? <laughs> there's a, there's a designed pattern about how this works. And someday, sooner or later, someone will change how this works, right? what are you going to contribute so that it's at its best possible place so that when that person decides that this is going to look different has all of the information possible right and so like yeah from a sports perspective like you just talked about okay why would you do that what did you see now we have that conversation in public right if we could do it in a in a private setting first where it's comfortable and it's confident and there's a relationship yeah. here now we bring that to the large group and we say what were you thinking here and you might give me a perfect answer in front of the large group, but we can talk about it now with the whole group. Okay. Why did he see that? What did he see? Like you heard what he saw. You heard what they were thinking when they did this thing. What about it was, what about yeah. their thinking was good, you know, and not say yes, perfect. That's what I was looking for. Right. Don't give the answer. Right. Again, be the teacher, reveal the, the answer in time. Right. And so I'm, I'm so curious as to how, 
how adults respond, <laughs> respond to this, right? Because I've been a teacher my whole life, right? In my adult career, I, you know, I, I started in the classroom and now I teach younger people. Mostly I do some, some business work and some, some clients in the professional space. How did, I just think we as adults are like, I know what I know. Stop trying to teach me. Yeah, How do you that, engage well, that's, with that? That goes back into the uh, the Carol Dweck fixed versus growth mindset sure. and educating the process of that. The other question to ask, uh, especially for those leaders, is if you're expecting your team, your individuals, your corporate team, your sports team to be coachable, to learn your system, to learn this program, to be growing, what are you doing to set the example to continue growing and learning yourself? Yeah. And that's usually it because at the end of the day, leadership, you have to demonstrate and model in your behavior before your words. And so that's kind of the biggest one that I always go back to with the adults is if you're expecting this out of your team, what are you doing to model it first? And that becomes a whole different animal because when the manager and leaders, Hey, I've got a coach, this is what we're working on. Everybody else sees it's okay. It's not, uh, you know, they're not having to do this, only we are. And then it creates what it does is create a better opportunity as those individuals grow within your team or your organization. They understand getting coached at every level is always something that's okay and invited versus once you get promoted, you no longer need to coach, you know everything. And then the person gets into the role and they have no idea what they're doing. Like I, I laugh about that, but my wife got promoted two years ago, two and a half years ago. Her boss unexpectedly retired boss is an incredible individual, but terrible in terms of developing people. And so my wife stepped into a leadership role and had no idea what to do. And we talked through it and, and helped her with a ton of situations, but we'll say she was, she's been in it for two years, maybe two months ago. She came home one day, she was really upset. It was a frustrating day trying to figure out how to manage this small team and personalities. And I was like, nobody knows this stuff. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, you're upset with yourself for not knowing how to manage and lead. You were never trained how to. Most people are never trained to. You're just promoted. So we don't need to be as hard as on ourselves if we don't know how to do it. It's not like you were trained, you messed up, all that. You have no idea what you're getting into. And so that's what happens in most spaces is she assumed everybody that's put in a management leadership role knows what to do and knows how to do it because she was never trained it. And that's that negative cycle. But when the coach and the leader says, hey, I've got a coach. Here's what I'm learning. Here's how I'm growing they establish that protocol, then everybody in the organization sees it as it's not a bad thing to have a coach. It's actually an advantage to continue to grow and develop. I, I love the parallel you're creating here in, I, th I think it goes back to school, right? We assume that the yeah. person on stage knows everything that they're supposed to know. And yep. I, I just love this idea of like, when we are vulnerable in front of a group, when we're, when we're, we're able to say in public, I don't know, and I'm getting coached. I'm when we model that skill and now, like you said, it becomes okay in the program rather than everybody's expected to know it without being developed. And just think of the health of the culture comparatively in that. Like, I know the question for me continuously recently, as I talked about developing this leadership curriculum, is like, how do you push this stuff down? Right. How do you push it down? It's modeling. You just said it. You can't yeah. do it if, if the model doesn't exist because nobody's going to be willing because there's an ego piece that says, well, they're not doing it. Why would I need yep. that help? Am I deficient in that? And 
And so, I, I mean, again, not a question here. I just love that there's this parallel to we've been taught this from really little on and it's ingrained deeply in our in our mental model of the world. And it's okay to have that disrupted. It's actually probably vital that it's that it's disrupted so that you change your behavior. The question I guess out of that is how do you teach leaders to, that they, their habits and their ideas need to change potentially because we're we've done things well for a long time. We don't necessarily want yeah. to hear that it's not working. Yes. Yeah, so a couple of things. One, I might even <laughs> challenge the idea of, of pushing down throughout the organization and more look at it. How do we influence down while pulling others up with the content? Yeah of how do you attract them to what's going on up here that they want to be a part of it versus telling them what from a leadership standpoint, (laughs) it's a very simple question. And this probably establishes somebody's uh, willingness to be coached is have you reached your potential? Do you think you're doing is absolutely the best job you possibly can in the world at your work with your health or with your family? And if somebody says, yeah, I can't do any better. (laughs) They're not ready to be coached. If the person said, no, this is where I'm struggling, or I think I have more in the tank, then it becomes a matter of, okay, let's identify what you specifically mean like that. Okay, you're not managing your time well, or you can't shut off work at home in the mindset. Then we have actual focal points to coach you through. And through that process, we're building trust with you. We're building that relationship, which allows us to better influence you throughout that process. And if we can help you start to solve that challenge you have, mentally, with your systems, with your habits, then as we're demonstrating our expertise by coaching you through that process, it creates opportunities to say, hey, what would this look like with your team? Where do you think there's opportunities for your managers to, to maybe have the same conversation or help them implement some of this stuff? That's how you start to get it. But it always starts with the individual first, because if, if it's like any coach, any coach knows this, if you can get to a player's heart, you can get to their head. So if we can help those people that want to be coached or want to get better, identify where they want to get better and help them start to get there, we're going to build the relationship to be able to influence the rest of the organization. Unbelievable. Get to their heart, get to their head, right? What better way to get to their heart than to ask the question, have you reached your potential, right? I, I, I hear that question and it's like, that's the key. That's the unlocking key. You don't have to ask it like that. You can ask it a million different ways. Like you just said, have you done your absolute best to be your best in this space, in your family, in your health, in your sleep, whatever it might be. And no one, right. I, I don't know anybody. Maybe I've been fortunate to be around good people. Right. But I don't know anybody that's gonna be like, yep, I got it figured out, man. If you would like the answers, come and talk to me. No, nobody has. And the wild part is the people that are closer to reaching it are the ones who are like, I haven't yet. I'm still chasing it. And like you think about the David Goggins, the Cam Haynes, those guys who do some unbelievable things every day, they're chasing it. No, like I haven't reached my max. Help me get there. And so when you can model that of like the best and the best want to be coached. So if you want to be better, or even just you want to be the best, you've got to be able to be coached. And so that's how you start to distinguish it and then start to whittle down of where exactly can I help you get better? Yeah, that w- start there, right? Start there and, yep. then, and then dial in, ratchet down as much as you can. I guarantee you're going to have an impact that can change people. Jake, unbelievable conversation today. I love that thing that we just ended with because if you can do it, it's going to make change no matter what. Thanks for joining us, man. 
Appreciate the opportunity. I'm so struck by that last piece. What is your potential? How do we ask that question a million times in a million different ways? Have you reached your potential? Can you get there? Have you given enough to get there as coaches, as leaders, as people that are trying to draw the best out of other people and ourselves? The question we need to ask and we need to inspire others to ask so that it's being asked all the time throughout an organization, throughout a team, throughout a group is have we as a group collectively reached our potential? And if not, what are you not giving? What am I personally not giving so that we can do that? Do I need to be more vulnerable? Do I need to be more consistent? Do I need to seek out more feedback? Do I need to be teaching this better? Should I be asking more questions? Should I be listening differently? What's a high-level solution to this problem? How can we drill down into it and simplify? These are all questions, all things that we talked about in the episode, in the conversation here, that maybe you can ask another person or yourself and say, that's how we're going to get better. That's how we're going to grow and reach that potential as a group. And, and what I love about sports, and this is true in business also, is like things settle and then we have to restart, re-engage that process, amp up, try again. We get new people on board. We, you know, in sports, we graduate seniors and we add freshmen. Um, we have new people come out in business. We have people, we have turnover. We have people change roles. We have promotions like Jake was talking about. All that stuff adds up to being constant change, constant new challenges for us to reach our potential because we don't know what that new person can bring and give. And it's our job, our charge as leaders to figure out how that new situation, person engagement allows us to grow and get better. And hopefully, hopefully they are willing to be coached through it. And when we model it, I just think this is such an important point that Jake brought out, right? When we model it, we give them the freedom to say, it's not me. I'm not the problem here. I'm not deficient because I don't know how to do this. They're seeking that help also. What an amazing challenge for us to continually ask this question. What are you doing to reach your potential and have you got there yet? Hopefully for most of us, the answer is not yet, but I'm, kill- I'm going to keep, keep crying. I'm going to keep searching. I'm going to keep reaching because it's going to unlock new and different levels of what we're capable of. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, so grateful for the continued listenership. It was nice to take a little time away and to ask some questions of you as listeners and to hear good feedback and, and to really seek answers about what this is going forward. And I am, I'm so grateful that you guys are willing to continue to show up and, and that the conversations that I'm seeking out are, are going to be really valuable for all of us. And, um, I, I'm excited to continue this journey with you guys. Continue to, to bless us with your presence. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Check out the, the 
Facebook group, Live Eyes Up family, um, you know, all of all the stuff we're doing. And as always, Live Eyes Up. <laughs>